Father, we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. Father, what a privilege, O oh Lord, to serve you. Even as we have sung, O oh Lord, in the offertory. To sit at your feet. You said, O Lord, you are a strong tower and the righteous will run into it and they will be saved. Father, this this morning we all come to you as your children. We want to sit at your feet and we want to learn of you. Speak to our hearts. Speak to every one of us. Oh God, Challenge us this morning. Father, even as we heard in the morning, oh God, oh God, challenge us to let order set into our lives. Father, bless the hearing and the speaking of this word and make it relevant to each one of our lives. Therefore, anoint us that we may be able to hear your voice and speak your word boldly. We thank you, we praise you, in Jesus' name. Amen. I've titled today's message, Another Jesus, that is, of course, J with a small J. Another Jesus, different spirit, different gospel. Okay, another Jesus, different spirit, different gospel. And you'll see that um, the one of the hallmarks of the last days is... Uh, the increasing disinformation in the last days. Many false prophets will arise and they will deceive many. And as a church, we are not immune to any of those things unless we are humble and we stay in the word, we come under authority, we let order set into our lives. None of us will be, will be immune to that. And Jesus says, even if the elect might get deceived, if those Days are not shortened. And therefore we need to really, really be on our guard. Let the truth of the word of God be settled down into the deepmost parts of our inner man. So that when we are confronted with a situation. That we will always be ready to counter disinformation and lies. And stay on that straight and narrow path. Because even false prophets will come and first talk about false prophets. They will say many false prophets arrive brother. And they will start off like that. Satan is... A liar and he will use the word of God to deceive us. And therefore, uh, let us uh, see how we can guard ourselves uh, against this error. If you've been in this church uh, for a while, I mean, there's one uh, grid that we talked about quite some time back. Um, Pastor was there. He was talking about a threefold grid that God gives us to ensure that we can be on the right track. The threefold grid. That is the word of God. The person of Jesus and the spirit of God. The word of God, the person of Jesus and the spirit of God. Everything that they say about Jesus has to be backed up by the scriptures and also by the spirit. And everything of the word has to be backed up by the spirit and by the person of Jesus. And everything of the spirit should be backed up by the person of Jesus and by the word of God. And we looked at that in um, in quite some detail uh, some time back, years back. 
Uh, Derek Prince in one of his sermons, I'm not sure exactly, I think in the study of Romans, he talks about, because he was a, uh, he was a, a World War veteran, Second World War veteran, and he's talking about uh, what happened during the Second World War. Uh, there was an arms embargo against Germany. They were asked not to manufacture any arms during the war, after they lost the First World War. But however, when Hitler came into power, he ignored it and he started manufacturing arms. But he wanted it to be a secret. So he also, he started off these factories where arms were being manufactured. But the strategy was, even the workers that were working in the arm factories were not told what they were manufacturing. So how did he manage to do that? He divided the whole uh, uh, assembly line into different, different parts. And each worker would uh, manufacture a particular part of the of the weapon that is supposed to be sent out of the factory. And they will come together and they will assemble it and sent out. So even the workers were told, uh, for example, in, the, in one, uh, one particular case, they were told, uh, you know what, you're working for a, a baby pram making factory. You know baby prams? Okay. Okay, baby prams. So... That's what the workers thought. So there were different divisions and each one was making one particular part and they had no idea what they were manufacturing. So one of those workers has a, his wife is pregnant and he's about to, he's expect her, she's, she's going to deliver any time. So what he wanted was, he wanted a baby pram for himself. So what he did, he did was, he said, see, I, I, he wanted to steal, I mean, he didn't want to, you know, steal the baby pram because he, need, he knew that uh, the assembly line was a secret. Thing. So what he said was he told all of his friends in different different departments. He said, you know what? Give me each, steal each one one part and bring it to me, and I will assemble it and I will give it to my baby. So each of his friends in the <laughs> in the factory they stole each part and they gave it to him, and he went home. And after two days, one of his colleagues and his friends was looking at him, and he said, "What happened? Why you look so confused? Oh, how's your pram coming along?" He said, "You know what?" I put all the things together, got them together and dismantled it, got them together, dismantled it, but every time I bring them together, I get a machine gun. I don't get, I don't get a pram. He was confused. And it's exactly true with the, with so many of the people in the, in the, in the, in the world when they talk about Jesus. They say, they say something about Jesus. And you go to the scriptures and you study and you make your own research on the truth of the word of God. You put them together. You don't get what they say. You see. Therefore, it's absolutely important for every one of us in the body of Christ to know your word. It's just not for the preachers, you see. It's for every one of us. Yesterday, was pastor was talking to the, the, the to the pastors. He was saying, you know, I taught my people so well that if persecution comes, everybody will be able to start their own house church. It's amazing. That is what the whole process of training in this in this house is to prepare for you. That one day you will be equipped and you will be able to counter false doctrine. You will be able to uh, disciple and mentor people and lead them in the way of righteousness. Because the days are coming with so many quaint and funny doctrines and you go and study the word of God and put them together. What they say and what you get out of the word of God will be completely different. Therefore, therefore, this threefold grid we talked about years back, remember that. 
One of the things we need to do is go back and study what we've been ta- we, that, that we were taught here in, in God's house. So today I want to look at Jesus. What is the Jesus that we, who is the Jesus that we worship? Uh, and of course, this threefold grid is, is from scripture. I want to sh- show you the reference. Uh, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 onwards. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed you do bear with me. For I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I might present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, you know, this is a genuine fear of a shepherd. Genuine fear. I fear, you know, children, when parents uh, know that their children of, uh, children's preparation is okay, okay, okay. They have more tension when they go for exam than the, than the student himself. So they will do give give the shak, uh, what is that ghee ghee and uh, what is that shakar and uh, dahi or all kinds of things so that you will remember whatever you learned. You know, this is exactly Paul. You no, know, Paul is like he's concerned about his congregation, and this is what he says. He says, "But I fear lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve." Now the strategy of the devil was straight, the same right from the beginning. Okay, so he says, as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if anyone comes and preaches, what? Another? Jesus, whom we have not preached. Different spirit, which you have not received. And a different gospel, which you have not accepted. You may well put up with it. And he says, how come? I taught you. I mean, can you imagine sitting under the teaching of Apostle Paul? I mean, sometimes I feel after they wrote the letters, they should have given commentaries. Otherwise, everything would have been clear. There's so much of fighting among so many believers. You see? Being taught by the very Apostle himself, you don't have to go and, uh, you know, go to some commentary on the internet and say, what do you mean by this, Paul? He would have given you exactly what he meant. And being taught by Apostle Paul himself, and Paul is concerned, how much more you and I? What is a different Jesus that we worship? A different do we worship a different Jesus? I want to look at that. Some aspects of the Jesus of the Bible. Who is he? John's Gospel chapter 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. He was in the world. The world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Can you imagine? He came to his own and his own did not receive him. How was Jesus when he grew up? We need to understand the Jesus of the Bible to know who he was. So that when somebody comes and says something about Christ, you know exactly who he is. Uh, there was a commencement address given during a graduation ceremony, high school graduation ceremony, Tip- generally accredited to Bill Gates, but he refused that. He's not the author, so I call it unknown commencement address, okay, by some unknown guy. Uh, commencement address is, by the way, when you are graduating, okay, just before the graduating class gets the degrees, the chief guest comes and gives a speech. So this chief guest gave some rules. To the guys who are graduating high school. Okay, not university. High school. 
And nowadays, of course, we ha- have graduation ceremony for grade 1, grade 2. Oh, no, no, LKG, no, no, nursery. To <laughs> So he have graduation ceremonies for all those things. But this is high school graduation ceremony. And this man says several rules, few rules which I want to talk about. He said, rule number one, life is not fair, get used to it. Rule number two, the world won't care about your self-esteem. The world will expect you to accomplish something before you feel proud about yourself. Okay, interesting. Rule number three, you will not make $40,000 a year right out of high school. You won't be a vice president with a car phone until you earn both. I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, campus, what we call as placement time, is one of the most disheartening for me. It's disheartening experiences for me. One fellow will get uh, $250,000 a year salary. Placement direct to what, Facebook or whatever you want. And then after the placement is over, one fellow is walking with a sad face like that in the campus and you ask him, what is the problem? Sir, that fellow got 1.5 crore package. I only got 12 lakhs. Which year are you living in? You see? I mean, this is how, this is the day and age we are living in. Rule number four. If you think your professor is tough, wait till you get a boss. He doesn't have a tenure. Okay. Tenure means he's, he's already permanent. Professors are not made, made permanent. You are under what we call as observation, probation. So if the student says, next, gone. And if you think that guy is tough, look at the next one. I thought this, Flipping burgers is not beneath your dignity. Your grandparents had a different word for burger flipping. They called it opportunity. It's amazing. You know, I, I remember one guy who came to us to our to our church and he was searching for a job. He said, you know, I want minimum 24 lakhs package. Minimum. Uh you know my my degree my experience my with my experience i should get i should be somewhere something happened to him he lost his job he wants to get back to his glory days and pastor told him uh, you see i can't guarantee anything but there is one watchman job in my orphanage will you do that you know unbelievable people have their pride comes out Our parents, my dad and my mom, by kind of salaries that you're talking about, you know, they worked for 50 years. Sometimes, no, sorry, not 50 years, 35 years, 40 years. My dad got into the Indian Railways when he was 21 years old. Or 20 years old, I'm not sure. And what he got as a retirement package is like what? 10% of what a guy, a guy gets now, these days, when he graduates out of school. But you know something? They have values. They live simple lives. I've never seen my parents wasting money. I've never seen them. Even now my mother says, I don't want to take an auto, I want to take a bus. She says, I want to take, I want to walk. 
You know, they are living a different, we are living a different world altogether. What we call as entitlement mentality. Get used to it, brothers and sisters. Life is not fair. Get used to it. And you in the church will learn it. And because God will not give us shortcuts in life. Rule number six. If you mess up, it's not your parents' fault. So don't whine about your mistakes. Learn from them. Why? Next rule. I like this. Before you were born, your parents weren't as boring as they are now. They got that way by paying your bills, cleaning your clothes, listening to you talk about how cool you are. So before you save the rainforest from the parasites of your parents' generation, try delousing the closet in your own room. I love that. And one of the things that I have to teach my children is, Abigail, Emmanuel, clean up your room. Think about it, parents. How do you treat your children? Hmm? Rule number eight. Life is not divided into semesters. You don't, you don't get summer off. And very few employers are interested in helping you find yourself. Do that in your own time. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I like that. This guy is not even a believer, by the way. And he got the Bible right. Rule number nine. For all you friends lovers. Television is not real life. In the real life, people actually have to leave the coffee shop to go to jobs. Have you seen, have you seen friends? They are forever in the coffee shop. You've seen Big Bang Theory? They're always meeting in the coffee shop and they're talking about high funda concepts on physics. See? I mean, it's like that, no? Every time you go to, I mean, this is your IT language, Baba. This is not, this is nothing new. Every time you want to go for a coffee. It's amazing, no? Jesus had to learn all this. He had to learn that life is not fair. Get used to it. He was in the world. The world was made through him. And the world did not know the very creator. Can you believe that? Wow. He came to his own. The people who knew the scriptures and they did not receive him. Think about that. And he did he say, that is unfair. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Luke's Gospel chapter 2. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered and she brought forth a firstborn son, wrapped him, wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Can you imagine the creator having such an unfair deal? Wow. Look at the other one. I like this. This is to the, to the shepherds. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe Wrapped in swaddling clothes. You know, these days when you go to uh, the uh, maternity hospitals, okay, they, in, in India they don't give, the, give you the gender. So what they do is, if, you're, if there's a boy, they wrap him in blue. Nice blue shirt and nice blue nappy. And if it's a girl, ah, you got it, no? Pink. That's exactly, I mean, I, I didn't know all this, so I was waiting for Abigail and Sister Elsa and Pastor James were also there and was all tensed and, and you know, the doctor said, congratulations, and even before he said, 
Daughter, I saw the, ah, I saw the pink eye. I said, boy, daughter. You know what he told the, told the, to the shepherds? This will be a sign. You will find the creator of the universe wrapped in cloths. You know what I'm talking about? Swaddling cloths. Lying in a manger? Wow. That is the reason why the Christmas hymn. Why he lies in such mean a state? Where ox and donkeys are feeding? Good Christians fear for sinners here. The silent word is pleading. Nails pierced shall pierce him through the cross he bore for me for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. That is Jesus. But then you have a set of people who think the king should be born in the palace. To the wise people of this world. And for the people who are wise, you know, all the wise people, you find them in universities called IIT, IIM, MIT. You know, they, they walk with us, with a, with a, they have a typical gait. It's what we call a snob gait. It's, it's IIT written all over them. Or MIT written all over them. And this happens in university. I mean, you need to understand our people in the IITs are the most spoiled brats I've seen. In IIITs. I told them. I told them. I told them, you know. They come late to the class. You know, I got used to Pastor James's teaching. So I go to the class uh, early nowadays. So I mean, after I started, <laughs> my mom was laughing. Okay, so I, I used to start the class by 8.25. I'm there. These guys, they stay about 200 meters away from the classroom. Their lunch is prepared. Their breakfast is prepared. Everything is prepared for them. They just have to go to the mess. They have to eat and they have to come to class on time. And I looked at them and said, they come to the class one by one, yet another, yet another, yet another, yet another. They all sit in the classroom and I look at them and said, you know guys, you have never studied abroad. You know what? Those guys who studied abroad have to go through. I mean, if you're a graduate student, you have to cook your own food. You have to wash your own dishes. You have to do your own laundry. And you fellows in IIT, everything is given to you. And you don't come on time to the class. Snob. I mean, they're like this. And you should see the way they talk to professors. That's the wise men of this world. So these people, you know, they say, okay, wise men are coming. Where do they find Jesus? They will find him in the palace. So they go to the palace. Now, after Jesus was born in the Bethlehem of Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen the star from the east, and we came to worship him. And where did they end up? In Herod's palace, who will finally, because of their revelation, will kill all the people in Bethlehem who are under two years of age. That is the wisdom of this world. What does it tell me about Jesus therefore? One thing it tells me about Jesus when he came in the flesh. You know what? The first lesson I learned, and you know this is liberating actually. 
ye shall know the truth and complete it please amen let's say that again ye shall know the truth okay let me see what what is the first lesson that i learned when jesus started he started at the absolute bottom that is where he started I was reading, uh, reading an article on uh, in psychology today about the entitlement mentality. This is a secular magazine, by the way. How to treat people with entitlement mentality. First of all, they have to know the symptoms of entitlement mentality. And one of the symptoms of entitlement mentality, this is psychology today, this is secular, this is not even, this is not even uh, biblical. You expect other people need to start at the bottom and work their way up, but you should not have to go that route. That is entitlement mentality. You know what Jesus came? And that's what he said. No, this is not fair. Not fair, not fair. You are, this is not fair. Life's not fair. If the person who had the most unfair deal in his life was Jesus. He did nothing. And he was executed for doing nobody harm and blessing everybody. Do you have that attitude? Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8. This is one of the most fascinating verses in the Bible. Look at what it says. Though he was a son, what did he do? He learnt obedience. Are you serious? To the things he suffered? I mean, I always have great respect for people who come from humble backgrounds and they make it in life. And I see that even in university. I see that in university. I know the way they have that body language. I remember after we graduated, my dad and I, we finished our graduation ceremony and I was going to my uh, mess to have my food. And my dad and I and my, uh, my parents, my, myself and Justin were walking into the mess. One of my students from, uh, from Madhya Pradesh, North India, from a village background, he came to me I was stunned, completely taken aback. And he said, Pailago, sir. I saw that. I said, and you see people from cities? They have respect, no? He learned obedience to the things that he suffered. Colossians 1. Was 16 onwards. Who is this person who learned obedience? For him, for by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things consist. And when he came as a son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Do you know this Jesus? Do you know this Jesus? Do you know him? Another passage of scripture. Look, this is Isaiah 50. Pastor was talking about pray over your children that they will not make a fuss early in the morning. I have to add some more to it. Spank your children if they create a fuss every day in the morning. Why only on Sundays? Discipline them. Let them know. Look at what 
David says, I mean, this is, this is the son of God. This is Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4. The Lord has given me the tongue of a disciple. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as a disciple. That means he was what? I mean, this is what I learned. One of the truths that I learned. He was subject to strict discipline. Strict. Morning by morning. No options for you. Flavored milk option is also there for us. Let me see. I mean, I'm not saying that you should not use, but think about it, no? Think about Jesus and think about our son. I mean, some people say, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just using this as some slightly off tangent, but you know, uh, if, if people say husband and wife, wife will say, if, if, if my husband were like Jesus, it would have been great. Really? I'm telling you something. If husband were like Jesus, you would not survive in that marriage. You will say, I want out. I'm subject to strict discipline. Look at what it says again. For what? Why was he subject to strict discipline? Why? I'll tell you. The same Isaiah chapter 15, verse 6 onwards. I was woken up morning by morning. I was taught so that I can give my backs to those who struck me. Wow. No, 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 no. We wake up our children morning by morning so that they can get into IIT and they will have the best life now. IT, IIT, IIM, what have you. Several I's now. We have triple IT also. We add one more I. Imagine, you know, you know that? He said, and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard, I did not hide my face from those who spit on me. Do you want to prepare your child for this? Oh boy, no, 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 no. This is career suicide. For the Lord will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint and I know that I will not be ashamed. Do you know this, Jesus? Another thing. Another aspect of this, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. 7 and 8. Who in the days of flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. What does he learn? What is the lesson that I learned? The same rules that apply to all apply to him. You know something? You come to our school, one of the constant challenges that I as a parent have in my school is to treat my daughters at the same level as other students. So what we do is sometimes we are more tough on our own daughters so that we don't... But this is exactly what God was. He was, you know, he was toughest on his own son. He would not even... Sp- he said, he who did not spare his son, meaning this son... Who is absolutely holy, absolutely obedient, absolutely humble, absolutely meek, absolutely kind. He would not spare him. He would not spare him. You know, this principle, by the way, 
is, is there in every organization. Okay, I'm including the church. For example, let me tell you something. Therefore, if let us say you have in an organization or an office, you have a manager and three employees. One of them is the most hardworking and two of them are not. Okay, now tell me, as a manager, to whom will you give the most work? Why don't you spare him? It's exactly what he did to Jesus. That's the reason why he says, abide in me. Unless you abide in me, you will not bear fruit. And those who bear fruit, I will do what? Prune so that you bear more fruit. He said, I'm not going to spare my son. I'll be absolutely unfair to him so that I can be absolutely fair to you. Do you know this Jesus? You know how he was born? Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Read that. Born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law that we might be receive the adoption as sons. He was born under the law and he understood that he could not even break the sin even a yacht or a tittle of the law and he said Lord I cannot sin I cannot sin even if I sin in my thought life in my thought life I'll be not only breaking the letter of the law I'm not here only to, to, to fulfill the letter of the law I'm here to fulfill even the spirit of the law and he was saying Lord save me save me save me because he knew the holy standards of God and if he would, even if he would break his law even in his thought he would not qualified to be the savior of the world. And what it teaches me, it teaches me he took his father absolutely seriously. Question, do I take the word of God seriously? You know, that's exactly how Satan comes and uh, tempts. Has God really say? Can you take what God said seriously? In other words, do you take the Bible literally? I mean, I, I like Derek Prince. What is the opposite of literal? Metaphorical. Okay, there are several metaphors in the Bible. But some the commandments which are useful for life, they're all plain. They're straightforward, they're literal. For example, don't commit adultery. Okay, literal. It's not metaphorical. Don't metaphorically commit adultery. No, no, no. Very straightforward. It's like, the question here is, uh, do you pay your taxes literally? I mean, it sounds very weird, right? How many, if I pay my taxes metaphorically, I go to the jail literally. You understand that? How can we come to these conclusions? This as plain as day. As plain. The day you eat, you will surely die. Metaphorical? No, no, no. Literal command. Literal command. We try to allegorize the Bible just to give, what do you call this, uh, justification for our own idolatry and sin. 
He was a one who feared God like anything. Though he was his son. Do you know that Jesus? Or do you know a different Jesus? Honor your father and mother. And it will go well with you. And you will live long in the land the Lord your God gives you. And that's exactly one preacher literally took as a command. And she came to us in a youth, youth meeting. She looked at us. Many of you fellows, you do not honor your father and mother. By this time you should have dropped dead. Literally. You're living on borrowed time. That's what she told me. That's it. <laughs> All defense is gone. I fell flat on my face before God. Do we have the fear of God in this generation? Do we know that God means what he says? Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2. Look at what it says about Jesus. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding, we love wisdom, we love understanding, we love counsel, we love might, we love knowledge. But how about measuring in the fear of the Lord? And his delight is in the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. Do I take the word of God seriously? You see, many Christians... Just because they think that they are no longer under law but under grace. Jesus came under law to make us lawless. That's what they think. Straightforward equation. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I told you, right? You put these things together, you always you get a machine gun. How can you come to a conclusion like that? Look at this. amount of popular passages among people who believe in this. Jesus forgives present sin, past sin, future sin, all sin. So it doesn't matter how you live. Brother, he forgives you. You are the righteousness of God. Don't have to repent. What it says. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And many translations, by the way, that take this off. But, you know, I, I like Derek Prince when he said this. He said, uh, I like ESV, I like NASB, I like RSV, because they're very good for scholars. Okay, I like the KJV because it is very good to the spirit field. What do you want to be? Okay, thank you. So go to KJV Bible. Okay, so <laughs> so who do who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Has made me free, full stop. Has set me free from the law of sin and death. You see, you have been set free from the law of sin and death to come under the law of the spirit. It doesn't make you lawless. In fact, to be under the spirit of the law, I mean, law of the spirit is more difficult than to be under the law of the letter. Letter of the law, by the way. You see, when spirit is your law, he will decide everything in your life. What to wear, what to eat. I mean, this is Fantastic. You cannot expect your body to be a garbage collecting bin when you eat all junk and expect not to get cancer by the end of 50 or even earlier these days. Is 
gives the Lord the law of your food? Does he decide the, what, what food to eat? What to wear? Whom to marry? As many as are. See, that's not, that doesn't mean that you are lawless. What to wear? What to, uh, where to spend time? What entertainment to watch? And what, what entertainment not? How much of time you should spend on entertainment? You know, Derek Prince made a very, very fantastic statement. He said, you want to be holy? Okay, how many of you want to be holy in this church? Let's see. Oh, the others don't want to be. Okay, that's interesting. Your heart is uh, not there. So, but for those for those people who want to be holy, just exchange the time that you spent on television with the time that you spent on the Bible. Okay? Automatically, in a few days, you'll be more holy. If you are, you know what I'm talking about. Is it the law of your time? Is the law of your clothes? Is he a law of your clothes? I mean, I mean, I tell you honestly, when I was in university, I used to wear t-shirts and trousers and my professor used to wear shorts. And address profess with name. The earth is flat. Okay, we will believe in a flat earth. Okay. It's interesting, right? We believe in a flat earth in universities. See, there's no hierarchy. But when it came to ministry, everything changed in my life. Everything. And today, pastor looked at me and he said, which striped shirt? I said, pastor, is it okay? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. No problem. I'm like, thank you. You see, I, I want to know. I, I gave to my, uh, to my laundry fellow to wash my clothes and that fellow put starch on this just to ensure that I dress proper. I, I want to make him the lord of everything in my life. That's exactly how Jesus lived. He came under the law. How much more you and I? Do you know that Jesus? Do you take the word of God seriously? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever you sow, that's exactly what you will reap. Period. Let's move on. Why? Why? This is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verses 10 to 11. For we must... We may gather, must, for we, I'm included, all, all, see, read carefully, must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And therefore, what do we do? Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Romans 11.22 Therefore consider the goodness and the severity of God. Another lesson that I learned, Pastor was talking about it today during the prayer. There are no shortcuts to spiritual progress. Okay? In fact, there are no shortcuts to life. Period. And more for spiritual progress. The Son of God Himself was Tested, meaning no promotion without examination. They will not be in the committee people whom you know. You know, remember that famous uh, story of this uh, Polish politician's son who applied for a job in a company. Okay, so 
the interview panel said, okay, we're getting this politician's son and we have to take him. But the problem is we have to at least ask him to answer one question. What should we ask him? Let us not ask difficult questions, they said. Okay, we'll ask him the simplest and the basic question and he will get through. And uh, this is in Tamil Nadu and most of them drink what? Coffee. So we said, okay, okay, we'll do one thing. Uh, we'll ask him the spelling of coffee. Okay. And we will give him the job. The point is, and then they all say, okay, coffee. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll ask him the spelling of coffee. And if he does it well, we'll give him the job. And then they say, no, 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 no. What if he misses the spelling of coffee? Oh. Then he said, okay, let's lower the standards. Let's lower the standards. We'll do one thing. If he even says one letter in coffee straight, we'll give him the job. I mean, they said, this is a fantastic idea. One word will say, a letter will say. So this guy comes. Hello, sir. You know what? They're all bootlickers. They said, hello, sir. And they, that guy sits across the table for the interview and they ask him, what is the spelling of coffee, sir? That guy looked at him and he said, very simple. K-A-P-I, he said. <laughs> Kapi. <laughs> and they were bamboozled. What do I do now? That's exactly what has happened even in schools these days. We dumb down our exams more and more and more. What we call as cut-off reduction. And that's exactly what happened during MSED, no, when the number of engineering colleges increased. There were so many seats, more number of seats than children. They said, Baba, cut down. Let's bring the mark down and lower and lower. If even at least he's pass one backlog, let him in. You know what? For Jesus, He was tested and then promoted. Do you know that Jesus? Do you know him? I tell you honestly, if you know this Jesus, if you come to the ministry, you will be liberated. You will do any job. That is asked of you. Cheerfully. He was tested. Look at what it says. Immediately coming from the water, he saw the heavens open. 30 years of being tested in the, at home. Parting on the spirit, descending upon him like a dove. And then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness for 40 days. Tempted by Satan. The word tempted is tested by Satan. And every time you know how he overcame. It is written. It is written. Oh, Satan said, it is written. He said, it is also written. He learned his Torah for 30 years. Can you imagine Jesus going to the synagogue at the temple, sitting under rabbis? Can you imagine the guy who wrote the Torah sitting under teachers asking questions? Do you have questions? Tested. Yeah, I don't think that Jesus was given an Incredible brain. I don't think so. And you would say he was genius. No, 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 no. He was given a normal mind. Simple. And that is what we got cultivated. He surrendered that to God. He was tested. 
Immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness and he was there in the wilderness for 40 days tempted by Satan. And then what happened? After that what happened? Luke's chapter 4 will talk about this. Now when the devil had ended every, what temptation? Every temptation he departed from him for an opportune time. It did not end there. It's going to go all the way to the cross. If you are really, really the son of God, come down and we will believe. He could have come down. He said, no, father, forgive them. For they do not know what they say. Then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit and the news of him went through all the surrounding region. He was tested in every area. Let me tell you something. There is no promotion in God's kingdom without testing. Without testing, you have to be tested. That is the reason why it says, do not grow. I I know that you are being grieved for because of manifold trials. But he says, you know, the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, even though perishable is tested by fire, may abound to the glory and the honor and praise at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Because our faith is more precious. And therefore we will be tested, brothers and sisters. And if you're not being tested, I really want to ask you, are you really a believer? No. I'm very honest, the pastor was talking about uh, not taking bribes. I, I tell you, when I, when I went for the marriage license, I visited the length and breadth of the bureaucracy almost. Okay, I was a courier. Literally from office to office. My, my, uh, one of my files got stuck at the poly, uh, at the post office in Gatkisar. So we went to the post office. And that guy, the postman, he looked at me. I said, you know what, this is an urgent file. Uh, and I'm, I'm working like a courier. I said, he didn't understand. Oh, you're a courier. He said, no, no, no. I said, I'm not courier. I'm working like a courier between offices. And I'm waiting for this file to go to the collector's office. He looked at my desperation and he said, sir, don't worry. Just call me. Call me. I was. I went out of the office and I said, God, what is this, Lord, with this country? What is this? Frustrated at that point. What is going on? Of course, I didn't give him. That's a different story. But let me tell you something. This is exactly how people are. You will be tested. I'm telling you, I, 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 when I got my passport the first time, when I got my passport uh, delivered to my home for the first time and I applied for it, People said, Are police will call up, will come to your home for a character certificate. Give him, you have to give him 50 rupees, 100 rupees. So those days I wanted to go to United States of America. Are I said, okay, 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 okay. Without him asking only, but the moment he came, I gave him 100 first. Because I was so desperate. My dad was like frustrated with this fellow. Intranika, US What is this? And of course, I went back to, I went to Canada, came back to India. And this time my passport got expired. Then I had to renew. I said, boy, I got to renew. No, this time I was a believer. And sufficiently strong at that. I applied for the passport and a Tatkal scheme. I got the passport. This time you get the passport first and then the verification happens. I got the passport. Two days later, the police officer calls me. Uh, he said, I've been searching for your home. 
when you know they put you they put you on the back foot so that abhijit uh, was searching for a way to home then i said sir you wait there i will come i came i took i went on the bike i took him on the bike i came back to my home and i put him uh, i sat, sat sat him down i showed him all my documents gave him lime juice this time i didn't because it was hot i didn't want to bribe i just want to be kind to him and then he looked at everything and he said oh very good very good very good uh, and he was very ha- happy with the hospitality and he thought he's going to get a uh, nice uh, whatever and then i went into the elevator i i said i took him out of the home and i said ah manam lift lo chusukunnam sir lo deeklenge lift mein so i got into the lift my heart was beating against my chest and i said what do i do i looked at him and i said sir ha deeklenge sir jitna bhi hai you know mara fees fees okay i looked at him and said sir sir i'm a christian okay i didn't know what to say i didn't want to say you are a you sinner <laughs> i didn't want to, i i didn't want to say that i didn't want to say i i, I said sir i am a i am a christian if i give you bribe you will be okay my god will punish me and he looked at me your god will punish you oh no 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 sir no 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 sir no 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 okay, i'll come and give no you don't have to come i'm going and he left was a hindu police inspector second time see i stayed in two different places one was a muslim locality another was a hindu locality the hindu came i told him this and the next time i had because in one year i stayed in two different places so i had two police verifications so this were also called from tolichoki so i went uh, everything over hamara fees de do sir main christian hu main i cannot give up force karenge tumne kuch nahi kar sakte hum force nahi karte हम फोर्स नहीं करते हम जाते एंड इवेंट यू सी यू विल बी टेस्टेड एंड आफ्टर दैट आई मैन ऑफकोर्स आई कॉल सिस्टर्स इन द मिडल चलो प्लीज प्रे एंड शी प्रेड एंड यू नो इट वॉज अ टेस्ट विच आई पास यू नो इट्स अ फेंटास्टिक एक्सपीरियंस टू पास अ टेस्ट विद गॉड इट्स अ प्लेजर ऑफ पासिंग एन एग्जाम एग्जामिनेशन no oh, i think chuck swindle preached a three part series on pleasure of pass- passing an exam it's there on the on the internet you can listen to it it's a pleasure you will be tested and you will be approved of god you know that you have a conscience clear with god and god has showed you favor because it was not in your own strength that you could you could have uh, you know gone through those tests young people manasilayo i'm telling this because the other day i got into the cab random cab okay i got to the first seat and uh, the driver looked at me you're malayali he said no i'm not malayali <laughs> i said baba how much of pastor james is getting rubbed down to me <laughs> see unbelievable okay you see this is the jesus by the way he was tested and you'll also be tested and let me tell you because he tested and he passed every test you know what he says i empathize with tests that you're going through every tests that you're going through you're going through abuse i know what it means to be abused you're going through betrayal i know what it means to be betrayed you're going through heartache i know what it is to go through heartache 
going through loss. I know what it is to go through loss. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. For we do not have a high priest. It's a negative, negative. Who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But was in all points tested as we are. Yet without sin. Wow. What an awesome God we have. Amen. Amen. What a savior. And because of that, the promise, for in that himself he has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are being tempted. He knows exactly what the power of sin is. The strength of sin is. And he overcame every bit of it. And he says, you know what? Because I was, I have overcome, you can also overcome. And you can sit with me on my right hand and reign with me. Do you know this Jesus was tested in every area? Do you know him? There are shortcuts. There are no shortcuts to success, my dear brothers and sisters. There are no shortcuts to spiritual progress. You get that? Look at what Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 to 14 will say. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. You know the message translation gives gives it fantastically. This is Eugene Peterson who wrote the message translation and who lost the message later on in life. Look at what it says. This is Eugene Peterson's message translation. All you cat goers who are writing cat exam, this is for you. But you didn't get it, okay? Let me just explain that, okay? Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for successful life. Okay? How many of you go for cat? How many of you try to go to cat exam? You know, if you're writing cat exam, okay, somebody is here. You know, there's a quant exam, quant part, and all the IITNs are good at it, okay? For those people who come from non-technical background, they struggle with quantitative analysis. So they go to coaching. In coaching, that fellow is giving shortcut after shortcut after shortcut after shortcut after shortcut. Or this shortcut, this shortcut, third shortcut, fourth shortcut, fifth shortcut. And you'll say, okay, okay, shortcut. You'll memorize all the shortcuts. Because you don't want to go through the process of how he got the Ah, ah, you see, how he got the shortcut, you don't want to go through that, through that pain. Okay, he said, give me the shortcut. Okay, so you meditate, you meditate upon the shortcuts and you go to the exam. And then brainwave happens and that's exactly what happened to me today. I put my, I open the trunk, I put the container, uh, stuff in the container, uh, in the trunk and I put the key also in the trunk and I close the door. And I'm like, oh my, what did I do? Oh, I put the key in the because you know there's a formula for everything how do you take the giraffe out of the fridge formula open the door take the giraffe out close the door that's formula number one how do you put the giraffe back into the uh, refrigerator open the door put the giraffe close the door formula how do you put the elephant into the refrigerator open the door take the giraffe out put the elephant close the door okay these are the formulas you learn in cat exam cat cat coaching center and you go to the exam what happens? Gone. 
this formula, that formula, that formula. This is exactly what happens to so many students because they try to learn shortcuts without knowing how they got the shortcut. And that fellow, you, you agree. I mean, you look at the formula and say, ah, he knows it exactly, you know. But you, you give him all the money and you flunk the cat exam. You see, there are no shortcuts. Shortcuts to spiritual life. There are nothing shortcut. This is a long cut only. Okay, let's move on. Romans chapter 5 verses 3 to 4. Why this is why is this important? Why does God take us through this long process of testing? Because you know what God is more interested in? He's interested in character. Just not character. Proven character. Got that? What character? Proven character. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 5 verses 3 to 4. And not only this, but we also exult in tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. Perseverance, proven character. Ah, I love that. And proven character, hope. This is the New American Standards Version. Look at what the message says. We'll, we'll say. Look at what the message says. Message says, you know, uh, virtue of steel, he talks about. Uh, look at what happens. This is uh, Joseph's life. This is uh, Psalm chapter 105, verses 17 to 19, 19. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that the word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. That's what exactly pastor was talking about yesterday. He was saying, you know what? He went till session. That was a test. And from Sishim to Dothan, that is where the appointment of God was. And the appointment of God was not like your appointment letter. It was an appointment with suffering for slavery. 13 years of intense testing so that he would be given a temporary crown. How much more you and I for an eternal crown? Did you get that? Another thing about Jesus I want to learn, I want to introduce to you if you don't know. He is a what king? Servant king. I love that. Uh, it's a fantastic promise about Jesus but it's, which gets fulfilled in the Bible uh, in Matthew chapter 2 verse 6. It's a f- beautiful promise. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 2 verse 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah? For out of you shall come a Ruler. But what will he do? Will he rule? Who will? Shepherd. I love that part. You see? Out of him comes a ruler who will not rule, but he will shepherd his people. You know, one of the things that I heard about a shepherd, I'm not sure how true this is. Um, this is what I heard. But I like this. But I like the spirit behind the analogy. So I'm using that spirit behind the analogy. If whenever a sheep doesn't listen to the shepherd, you know what does the shepherd do? He breaks the leg of the sheep. Okay? That's what he, he disciplines the sheep. But then you know what he does? He joins it, puts a, puts a, uh, a, a cast or whatever, and then he puts it on his shoulder his shoulder and goes about until it gets healed. 
and all the time the sheep will be groaning and complaining, my hurt, my hurt, my hurt. But you will never see the shepherd carrying him in his arms. You know, some of you are going through a hurt. God broke you. Because of some disobedience, I don't know. Or maybe you were obedient like Joseph. And God broke you. And you're saying, Lord, my hurt, my hurt, my hurt. That's what, you know, Elisha's, you remember, the, uh, I think Elisha, or, yeah, Elisha and the Shunammite woman. The, the son of the Shunammite woman said, my head, my head, my head. And you're saying, my hurt, my hurt, my hurt. Lord, don't you see what I'm going through? And the Lord will tell you, don't you see on whose shoulders you're on? Don't you know? I'm your shepherd. He's a ruler who will shepherd. I love that about Jesus. I know many of you are going through intense, intense testing. I mean, I don't have a, sometimes I don't even, when I hear stories, I'm like, oh Lord. What they're going through, not even one person have gone through in my life. But let me tell you something. I know a ruler who's a shepherd. He will go after that one sheep if he goes astray. That's a shepherd. And this is what he tells his disciples. John's Gospel, chapter 13. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down and he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. Everybody likes to be called teacher. And you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. That you should do as I have done. That's exactly what he asks. Peter. Peter. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my lambs. Go repilla. So that means, no, that fellow is a lamb. Small fellow. He doesn't understand high-funda language like you. Eschatology, epistemology, satirology will not understand. Speak in his language. Do you love me? So do that. Yes. Do you love me, Peter? Yes. Feed my sheep. According to their age, feed them. Third. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tend my flock. Protect them. Lay down. When you were a child, you spoke like a child, you walked like a child, you talked like a child, you dressed like a child, but when you grow up, you will put away childish things and I will take you where you would not want to. Are you ready? It's okay with me, God. What about this fellow? Forget about him. You, Peter? You know, Peter got his lesson. So when he writes his epistle to Epistle called First Peter, this is what he says. Elders who are among you, I exhort you as a what? Fellow elder. And a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also the partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd 
the flock of God. That is among you. Don't shepherd somebody else's flock. Okay. Brothers and sisters, parents, shepherd the children that God has given you. Don't talk about somebody else's sheep. Look at that brother's son. What the fellow? Look at my daughter. Don't do that, Baba. Don't do that. Oh, my Abigail, so sweet. Yeah, yeah. God will say. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being as lords over those who have been entrusted, but being examples to the flock. And then what happens? Then when the chief shepherd comes, you will receive a crown that will not fade away. That is this Jesus who is a shepherd king. Do you know this Jesus? And finally, he's a king, but not of this world. Yeah, that's the point. He's a king, but not of? He told Pilate, are you a king? He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Okay, it's used fantastic logic. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Got that? So, so many believers that trapped in what we call as the now kingdom. I want it right now. Look at what it says in Luke's gospel chapter 6 to those people who want it ipude. Okay, how many of you want it ipude? This is what he says. Blessed are you poor for yours is the kingdom of God. That means you are not wanting ipude. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Ah, opposite to them. Okay, Hannah? Opposite. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn. It's not a now kingdom, saints. It's not a now kingdom. He didn't come to give you the best life now. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all the men most to be pitied. We are like people. Poor. You know, that's exactly so many believers. You look at them, always sad. Your Hindu is better than you. Sometimes. Long face. Matthew chapter 6. We know this verse. Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek the kingdom of God first. Put his kingdom and his righteousness now. And everything else will be added. Let me tell you something. If you search for the now, it will never satisfy you. It will never, never satisfy you. Look at what it says. I mean, C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. I love this. I've mentioned this sometime back. But I want to mention it again. The Christian says, I hope you are the Christian. 
creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for the, for those desires exists a baby feels hunger well there is such a thing of such a thing as food a duckling wants to swim there is such a thing as water men feel sexual desire such a thing as sex i like that men feel sexual desire interesting i find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that i was made for another world if none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it that does not prove that the universe is a fraud probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it but only to arouse it to suggest the real thing I remember one of you guys came and asked pastor after the fellowship something and pastor said you know what you see this you see this table this is only a shadow the real thing is where up there colossians chapter 2 verse 16 will say let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or a sabbath which are a shadow of the things to come but the substance is of christ that is the reason why faith is the substance of the things hoped for and the evidence of the things not seen you see that is faith because you are not living for this world you are living for another world your citizenship is not here you are delivered and you know what what an incredible belief fantastic truth that is it it frees you to be a giver it frees you to love that is the gospel that is the gospel not doesn't there's is no other gospel other than this this is the gospel this is the gospel therefore what is the gospel what is the gospel how can i live like this it is impossible to live like this that's what you will say and you said it right jeremiah chapter 31 you know what god will say Behold the days are coming says the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord I will put my law in their minds and write it on the tables of their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people and everyone will know him from the least to the to the greatest what an awesome privilege of the new covenant that is the gospel Did you, did you hear this gospel god can actually write his law in the deepest parts of your heart and cause you to walk in his ways every other gospel which frees you from that is a false gospel my dear brothers and sisters no more shall every man say teachers brother every man has brother saying know the lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them says the lord for i will forgive their iniquity and their sin i will remember no more that is the gospel that he will write but how is he going to write his law in the deepest parts parts of my heart unless he comes onto my side you know how god comes onto my side he takes my sin upon himself on the cross that is what paul will say in first corinthians chapter 15 christ jesus died for sins according to the scriptures he was buried according to the scriptures and he rose again for your justification according to scriptures so that god can be upon your side and he can write his law on the deepest parts of your heart and cause you to walk in his ways and i'll tell you this is a fantastic illustration that i that cs lewis tells in his uh, in his book mere christianity is like this mother who's teaching alphabet to his daughter in you know son you know what does he do take the palaka take the bulb pump 
RI, so what, she will not write R. So mother will write like this. R. Trace it. You know what happens now? Young child will go all over the place like this. Then what does mother does? Catches hold of the album. Who is writing? Mother is writing. But who, who also is writing? The daughter is also writing. That's exactly what will, you know what God will do. He'll take the pencil of the Holy Spirit and he will start writing his law in the deepest parts of the heart. And you know, this is how I overcame. This is how I overcame. This is how I stopped. I mean, you can stop lying. He never lied. This is how you can stop cheating. This is how you can love. This is how you can stop being jealous and envious, etc., etc., etc. That is the gospel. And every other gospel, every other spirit and every other person who does not introduce you to this Jesus is a false gospel, my dear brothers. And this evening, I just want, I mean, morning, I just want to ask you, you know, I just want to finish early today. Ask you this question. Do you know this Jesus? Or do you live in this age of entitlement mentality? Life is not fair. It was never fair with Jesus. He went through it all. So that you and I can learn through the power of the Holy Spirit to be like Him. He is our salvation. He is our reward. He is our God. And He will come and write His law upon the tables of your heart and cause you to love Him. That's exactly what Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6 will say. It says, the Lord God Himself will circumcise your heart so that you can love Him with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Let's worship for a few few minutes and then we will pray. You can just come back to Jesus this morning. He is able to do it for you. Whatever situation you are going through, brother, sister. He is a shepherd who understands what you are going through and he is carrying you on your shoulders. You can just raise your hands and say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender, Lord, my situation to you. Lord, I know now, Lord, that you have gone through every test that I am going through. And much more worse. The word of God says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Why will he not with him freely give us all things? Who can separate us from the love of God? Can tribulation, can famine, can pestilence? In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Who can condemn Who can bring any charge to God's elect? It is God who justifies. It is God who intercedes. It is a God who is for us. And He is a God who is with us. And therefore, sin will not have dominion over you. And you will be able to overcome every sin and every trial and every test that comes your way. Oh Lord. Speak to our hearts this morning even as we worship you, Lord. Lord. Yes, Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and until the
in the last days fierce times will come men will be lovers of themselves lovers of pleasure lovers of God and in the book of Daniel it says only those who know their God will do mighty exploits and Timothy Paul will say the foundation of the Lord is sure the Lord knows who are His and everyone who names the name of Christ let him depart from iniquity and this morning God is challenging us young people over here especially young and old but especially young people is challenging this generation will you be a person who will follow the real Jesus or have you made a Jesus of a figment of your own imagination? A person who will say, Father, whatever comes, Lord, I will never, never forsake you, Lord. I will never leave you. I cannot do it in my own strength, but Lord, I want to cling to you. There's going to be a wave after wave of deception that will come in these last days. Unless we know Him. Just not in our knowledge. But as a person in a relationship. In a relationship. The prodigal son came to his senses. He talked to himself. We need to talk to ourselves. What am I doing here? father is like. What am I doing here? I need to go back to my father. Because of how far he had fallen and wasted away, he felt unworthy. So let's just go back. Tell him, I'll just be a servant. None of us can change our past. None of us can. We can do nothing to change it. But the only thing the father looked for was the son to come back to him. That's all he looks. Today's 
your day. Just come back to the Father. He didn't listen to the son's prepared speech. That young man as he reached close to home must have been fearful of the father's reception. His footsteps must have been weak. But I believe from the window the father saw. He knew that was his child. Scripture says he ran. He ran. He embraced him. And he covered him. Not with ordinary clothes. He said bring the finest robe. There's no better robe in heaven than the righteousness of Christ Jesus. That is the finest robe ever. Today to everyone who comes to him. You are not robed or covered with anything made by man. It's something that is woven by God himself with the blood of his own son. Father you know each and you loved him pray you touch each one let them know let them go today with the assurance they are forgiven they are accepted in the beloved you have seen their steps as you saw the steps of your son prodigal son. You've seen them. seen their hearts. I pray the blood of Jesus will cleanse. The Holy Spirit will sanctify and will give them strength that every iniquity that causes you to sin be broken in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. For it was put upon him 2,000 years ago. You don't have to carry it anymore. The load was put on him. His back was broken. The blood was shed. His palms were pierced. So that we could walk away free. Not only from the penalty of sin. But even break the power of sin over our lives. Be set free today. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Cover them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Empower us, Lord, so that we may back go out. Joy of the Lord. I pray each one you'll create in them a hunger for you, a hunger to know your kingdom, a hunger to seek your righteousness. The son of righteousness that is your written in the final words in the book of Malachi. The son of righteousness shall rise upon them with healing under their wings. And they shall go out like calves. fed in the stalls, Lord. Bounding like calves. Joy of the Lord shall be our portion. Thank you. Thank you. We just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you. Commit your church into thy hands. As we go into a new week. Pray we will seek you first. 
will seek your kingdom first. We will worship you first. And we will know that you are with us. And you will go with us. You will go before us. And when the enemy comes after us, we know, Lord, according to your word, you will be our rear guard, O oh Lord. You will surround us with your goodness and with your glory, Father. And you will take us through this week, O oh Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Now, by faith, we, your people, cleansed by the blood of Jesus, sanctified by the Spirit of God, cleansed by the word we have heard, we choose to lift our holy hands and we bless your holy name, Lord. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We ask all this, Father, the precious name of Jesus. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen.